0: Hut, hut. From L.A. to Orange County to the Inland Empire.
1: I we was born like this, baby. We got to protect this turf. We got to go out and
2: control this football game.
0: It's time to light up the night with Southern California's premier high school football show. High School Football America. Oh, Jose, can you see the you life? Uh, SoCal. West Coast done. Award-winning high school sports expert Jeff Fisher takes you inside Southern California's high school football huddles with the top coaches, players, and inside information on the area's biggest games. Now from the AM570 Fox Sports LA studios, here's your host, Jeff Fisher.
3: Man, doesn't that make you feel like kind of putting on your chin strap? Maybe throwing a post pattern, running hard off tackle. How about coming up with a clean sack of the quarterback? Maybe picking off that post pattern. Man, great job by the AM570 Fox Sports LA production team on the show open. Man, it feels like football is here. High school football. Kudos to the production team and welcome to our first show. This is High School Football America SoCal. I'm Jeff Fisher. I'm the host of the show. Founder of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. And tonight for me, really kind of. Kind of like all the great holidays rolled into one for myself and executive producer Trish Hoffman. High school football 2012 is here as California, nearly two-thirds of the country, opening their fall camps this week and some more coming up on Monday. As a matter of fact, the games are underway. Uh, Two games were played last night in Hawaii. It's called the Fire and Ice Bowl between uh, schools in Alaska and Hawaii. We'll talk about that a little bit later as we'll get a little national news in here with the national rankings. Uh, Our job here at High School Football America SoCal over the next three weeks is to get you ready for the regular season. We'll be here every week right through the championship games in Carson, which is in mid-December. And not to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, we will flip the switch in December and do a weekly high school basketball show that will run through the end of March. So high school football and basketball here on AM570 Fox Sports LA. And we're just pleased to be a part of it. And hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as uh, we're going to enjoy bringing it to you. And uh, for now, uh, you know, we always are going to be here on Saturday nights, at least through August and September, 10 o'clock until midnight. But then uh, we're going to go to Friday nights uh, coming October the 5th. And those Friday night shows will be really awesome. Uh, what we're going to try and do there is get you the scores from the games, plus the uh, on the scene interviews with the top players and the coaches as you get in your car and go home uh, from your favorite game. So it should be a, a lot of fun. Now, let's talk a little bit about our approach on here. We want High School Football America SoCal to be your show, and I really, really mean that. Uh, You know, the the, the coverage area here is very, very large, 550-plus schools. Now, we can't be everywhere all the time, so we encourage you to uh, reach out to us. You know, just uh, reach out to us through email. We've got our Twitter and Facebook going on. Our Twitter handle is HSFBAmerica. Always feel free to tweet me. Uh, We're also redesigning our website at highschoolfootballamerica.com. It's going to be ready for the start of the regular season. And, uh, you know, we'll let you know about that progress over the next couple of weeks. It may be ready by week zero, but it will definitely be ready by uh, the 31st games. Now, uh, I'm new to living in Southern California. Myself and executive producer Trish Hoffman have just moved to the area. We're not strangers to the sport. My first high school sports broadcast on the radio way back in 1974 when I was 14 years old. My mentor put me on the air crazily, I think. And for the last 37 years, mainly in Philadelphia and Chicago, uh, I've been covering high school athletics at a very high level. Last uh, several years, Trish and I have been traveling all over this great country capturing video of how this great game of high school football really fits into the fabric of America. And our mission here is to be the best storytellers we can be. And hopefully at the end of the season, we want to have painted a very verbal picture of how good Southern California high school football is. So with that as the backdrop, it is time to kick things off. And there's no better way to start with the guy than with the guy who's been uh, carrying the high school football banner here at AM570 Fox Sports LA over the years, Petros Papadakis from the Petros and Money Show. And he's here to welcome in the season with us. And uh, Petros, thank you so much for staying up here on a Saturday night and and talking with us about high school football.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure. and, And thanks for having me and congratulations on your
3: show. Well, we really appreciate it, and uh, as I said, we're, we're new here, and we thought, hey, let's go to the, the source here to kind of get this crack-a-lack, and uh, let's, uh, let's kind of tell the listeners a little bit, and, and probably more me, about your love for this high school football game. I know you've played it. We know about your USC career. We know about your broadcasting career. But really, what does the heart and soul of high school football mean to you personally?
4: Well, it, it's kind of where I got my start in a lot of things. I wasn't a very dominant or recruitable football player (laughs) until obviously I was in high school and actually very late in my high school career and when I became a broadcaster I started doing weekly high school games locally on FSN as kind of a side job and I was also working for USC football on the radio and even though I do the games on Fox now and they're national and I have to fly around every weekend I always try to get involved in high school football and keep up with it as far as week in and week out and who's winning and who's losing and who the best players are. And I always try somehow to get involved in the championship, whether it's the CIF championship or the state championships at the end of the year. I've probably called about a dozen of them in the last ten years, the state championships like your De La Salle versus – long beach poly type of game and it's just it's it's a joy the people are great the kids are great the coaches are great there's a lot of purity and passion and It's just, it's always a lot of fun. And I try to do stuff on the radio and on television to celebrate high school football when I can locally as well.
3: Yeah, a lot of the guys at the station here have been educating me about uh, your love of this and how, as you've promoted it on your show, uh, you've had a lot of coaches and and that get involved and try to win your words to get on the show and all that. Tell me a little bit about uh, that and how the coaches have really adapted their love of of high school football into your show.
4: Well, the coaches are, are usually really great people and they're really great people that take an interest in kids lives and you know I've had a lot of football coaches in my life but I'll never forget each and every one that coached us in high school and and I almost remember every word they said and it's it's great to celebrate those guys so we have a Matt and I have a local hour on our show on AM 570 here in LA before the show goes national at 4 o'clock, 3 to 4 is is a local hour. So we always, once a week, put on a coach to celebrate a coach during the high school football season and just talk about their program and tell their story. And it could be the head coach of Corona Centennial, now the the head coach at Carson, or or it could be somebody really, really dominant like Bill Riddell at Oaks Christian. it's It's always a different guy and a different story. And then on Sunday nights, I go on with Fred Rogan on NBC after the uh, Sunday Night Football game, and it ends kind of early out here in the West Coast. And we do about a half-hour show on, on pro football and high school football with a little bit of college. And that's kind of the end of my week when I get back from calling a game. I always it's called the challenge it's on NBC right after the football game the Sunday night game with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and it's local here and I always wear a, a different t-shirt representing a different high school from around the the area and and it's just it's a lot of fun because the kids appreciate it and yeah, they they get to see their high school on TV and have me talk about them hopefully they see it or uh, and the parents appreciate it everybody's pretty uh pretty 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 nice about about <laughs> celebrating the sport, and you know it's kind of their moment in the sun. I think it's just I think it's a great
3: thing. Well, we're we're glad to have you on the first show here, talking from uh, talking with Petrus from Petrus and Money, uh, talking about high school football as we kick off our celebration here of High School Football America SoCal. Uh, a couple of changes this year. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Uh, getting closer and closer to that true state championship, the new playoff system with system with the North and South Regional Bowl game uh, being played on the seventh and eighth of December, meaning that to uh, no longer get voted into the championship what are your thoughts on this
4: oh i think you know either way it's always there's always going to be an argument as to the way it's done and and how it's done and certainly you you detailed it in your open there's there's a lot of teams competing and a lot of them are great and you'd like to think on any given friday night that Anybody can be beat, but but the truth is there there are programs that there's a reason there are certain programs that are on the top almost year in and year out, and you kind of want to see them play at the end of the year. Now, whether they have a truer playoff or they have kind of a, a selection between North and South, there's always going to be debate about who should be in it and, and who should be considered, especially for the Open Championship, I guess. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. I mean, I think however they try to figure it, it you know, somebody's going to have to play for the championship every year, and somebody's going to get their heart broken at the end of the year, and everybody's going to have a great memory, to be honest, of uh, of getting that far. So to me, I, I don't really care how they choose a champion.
3: Well, it's it's high school football, is it best to get back? Guess that's the best way to say it, Petrus. We really enjoyed uh, talking to you tonight. Thank you for coming on our first show, and uh, look forward to working with you as the as the season goes on.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure, and anytime you guys want me, just let me know, because I'd love to come on and talk about whatever's going on.
3: Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. That is Petros Papadakis from the Petros and Money Show, and uh, right here on AM 570 Fox Sports LA. Want to let you know, coming up tonight on High School Football America SoCal, we've got uh, a good list of guests, and we're going to try, as I said, you know, to get as many previews as we can over the coming weeks before the season kicks off. And uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk with Chuck Peterson, the head coach at Orange Lutheran, also ahead on the show, Harry Welch, the head coach of Santa Margarita, the defending. Division One champs. Uh, Harry's going to talk about being highly ranked nationally in just a little bit. Eric Sondheimer of the LA Times is also going to be on the show coming up here in about uh, the next 15 minutes. We'll speak with Mark Tennis of Cal High Sports tonight. Mike Machetti, head coach at La Mirada. And a couple of uh, league previews, the Trinity League and the Seacoast League, coming up in the second hour here on High School Football America tonight. Now we're going to bring in our next guest, our first guest, as far as a coach is concerned. He's a gentleman I met when he first got the job at Orange Lutheran. His name is Chuck Peterson. Chuck spent a lot of time as an assistant coach in the uh, college ranks, 17 years as an assistant at Air Force, also at North Texas. He was chosen to replace Jim Kunow, who retired after 19 years with a record of 182 wins, 52 losses, and three ties. The Lancers were 6-4 and four last year, missed the playoffs, and Chuck Peterson is in his first year and looking to turn the tide around and get him back into the playoffs. And he joins us now to talk about the 2012 season. Welcome to the show, Coach. I
1: appreciate you having me, Jeff. Thanks.
3: Sure, and, and thanks for staying up with us here on High School Football America SoCal. And let's kind of start at the top with uh, the decision to step away from the college ranks, but you went right into the grinder of the Trinity League at Orange Lutheran with great tradition. What led you to that decision?
1: Well, I just think a lot of different things transpired, Jeff, as as we looked at the, the opportunity. And, and more, you know, the most important thing to me is, is just the, the faith-based Christian education that I was going to be able to provide my two children. Uh, they're going to—I've got a daughter that'll be a, a ninth grader at OLU and, and uh, a junior son. And then to add that, my uh, my wife's also teaching in the building, and and so <clears throat> for the first time in in our lives, uh, all four of us are together uh, at the same time, and and certainly just the, the mission of the school and 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 the things that we're trying to do daily with our kids, uh, appealed to me in a great way.
3: Tell me a little bit about the pressure. As I said at the beginning, the Trinity league, one of the top five leagues in all of America, according to a lot of places, including myself, uh, how, how tough is this league going to be? I know you haven't coached an actual game in it yet, but I know you know about it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I know a great deal about it. And, and certainly, uh, the challenge for us is, is certainly great. Uh, it's a, it's a league made up of not only great players, but great coaches. And so I respect the league uh, immensely. Uh, but in terms of pressure, there really isn't any pressure. It's, a, it's, a, it's always a self-induced pressure to do your very best. And, uh, and, and the things that I've told our kids since I got here is, you know, we can only control the things that we can control and, uh, and can't worry about all the other things. And so uh, for us, that's kind of the mindset you know, regardless of who we play, uh, we want to be our best uh, every Friday night. And if, if we do that, then I think we'll be just fine.
3: Talking with Chuck Peterson, new head coach at Orange Lutheran, tonight on High School Football America SoCal, the inaugural show. We thank him for coming in here. And let's uh, start talking about some of the kids. I know you've got some, some skill up front on the offensive line, and that's always good in, in high school football. So tell us a little bit about those kids, those horses up front that are going to open some lines for your offense.
1: Well, that you know is is really the strength of our football team, Jeff. And any great football team I've been around, uh, it always starts with the guys up front. And you know we start with uh, the two kids that have have committed uh, to Division One scholarships. And Colin Sutton is committed to, to Colorado, and and John Lopez is committed to UCLA. Both those guys are uh, extremely gifted, but you know more importantly, they got a great work ethic and. Uh, and they they're great leaders for a football program uh, but you know the interesting thing is as good as those two are uh, you know we have uh, eight seniors uh, that return on the offensive line. Certainly you can only play five at one time but
3: <laughs> it's a nice uh, problem.
1: <laughs> it, it is it is and and we've got a great nucleus of kids that have uh, very good ability but is just as important they're, they're great high character kids very, smart in the classroom, high-end academics. And uh, and so, you know, you look at a, a kid like Tim Schluter and Jason Long and Matt Yeager, uh, those guys are just as important or more important than uh, the two guys that are going to get a lot of notoriety.
3: So talk a little bit about the, the skill players that you have there as well. Uh, where does that leadership come from? And, and, and kind of tell us a little bit about your offense that you're bringing in from the college ranks.
1: Well, I think, you know, the thing that people will look at our skill positions, not many of them right now are are very highly known because they're very young. Uh, But we have, you know, in our offense with the triple option and the flex bone attack, uh, you know, it all starts with our fullbacks. And I think we have as as good of fullbacks as as maybe I've been around, uh, ultimately, uh, Tavi Jemerson and Miles Willis. Uh, you know are going to play quite a bit and uh, both those guys are seniors and contributed uh, quite a bit last year at different positions. And then we have our slots, uh, have Junior Adam Kinnett, senior Tylon Drake, and then a couple of young guys behind them that are also going to contribute. And then you know we've got a stable full of receivers as well, uh, kind of led by uh, junior guy that returned. Uh, from a year ago and and contributed at the varsity level at Killy Rembert. Uh, So I feel really good about our skill positions. And, you know, with the offense that we run, uh, you know, we're really focused as much on anything as distributing the football around to a lot of different people and feel good about the kids that we're going to be able to do that with. Talking
3: with Chuck Peterson, head coach at Orange Lutheran tonight on High School Football America SoCal. And before we let you go here, let's uh, give a, a little bit of a snapshot of what's happened during two-a-days this week. And and then finally, uh, I, I think maybe we'll start with this, uh, with all the talk about concussions. I know you guys are using the guardian caps uh, during practice. So let's start with that first and tell us a little bit about how hopefully that's going to make a difference to the player's safety. And then tell us a little bit about the two-a-days.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you bringing the guardian uh, Program up because uh, I don't know how many people are actually using it out here in Southern California, but uh, you know we uh, had a parent that uh, had been in contact with the company and and asked me to look at it, and uh, you know as we did analysis, our trainers and and also our athletic department, you know I think the the common thread is we want to take care of of kids as much as we can, and uh, certainly. Uh, head injuries are a, a big issue today in, in all of football at every level. And, and so as we looked into it, statistically speaking, you know the majority of head injuries occur in, in practice situations. And I think that's logical because you, you spend more time on the practice field than you certainly do in a, in a competitive situation in a game. Uh, but still, you know, if we can do something to help, Uh, help that cause, then uh, we feel obligated to be able to do that. And we're very fortunate that uh, we have the money to do that. Uh, It's not very expensive to begin with, but, uh, you know, we have all our kids outfitted in it. And, you know, we've uh, been very fortunate uh, that right now, at this point in time, uh, we have not had anybody that has been diagnosed with any kind of head-related injury since we started in pads.
3: Well, that's, uh, that's a good thing to hear. Coach, we wish you the best of luck. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show tonight and look forward to uh, catching up with you as the season goes along.
1: Well, Jeff, I appreciate you having me on. It's an, it's an honor for us to to be a part of this at, at Orange Lutheran, and, and certainly anything that you need from me and, and from our program, we're, we're willing to do. Thank we- you all
3: for, for doing this show. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot, Coach. Best of luck in 2012. Coming back, going to talk more about the Trinity League with Harry Welsh. Plus, we're going to talk with Eric Sondheimer of the L.A. Times about the city section. You are listening to High School Football America SoCal on AM 570, Fox Sports LA. We are on the air for the first time ever, but it's not the last time. We're going to be here all season long on High School Football America SoCal Doing the website, all brand new. That'll be up here in the next couple of weeks, HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, like us. Uh, Twitter, our handle is HSFBAmerica. Please feel free to tweet us, and as I said at the top of the show, Please reach out. It's a big area. We want to get as many stories on as we can about the uh, the teams and the players and the coaches throughout the Southern California area. I am Jeff Fisher, and let's uh, keep in the Trinity League. We just heard from Chuck Peterson, the head coach at Orange Lutheran, the first-year coach there. And next stop is Santa Margarita, and one of the top teams in the country, according all to all those ranking services out there. You've got uh, USA Today, the Super 25. That's been around the longest since the early 80s and Santa Margarita was tabbed as the number two team in the country uh, a couple of weeks ago rivals put the Eagles at number one and uh during uh, the month of June Max Preps put the Eagles at number four in their early contenders polls so uh Harry Welch has to uh Take care of having kids not read the press clippings too much and make sure that they keep focused on the job at hand, which uh, that job is to get ready for the first game in Arizona against Brophy Prep, a great team from Arizona. And, uh, earlier this week, I guess it was Monday. I stopped down at uh, the Santa Margarita campus and talked with coach Welch and got a real good handle on, on this team this year. That's going to be really good. I mean, 15 returning starters, they're the defending division one bowl champs and, uh, uh, Coach Welsh said, you know what, Jeff, we really do have to have those kids look away from the national rankings.
5: Well, Jeff, anytime uh, a high school football team is rated very high, or for that matter, at any level, it's very, very difficult to um, focus the kids and realize that whatever they do, they can always move up because when you're towards the top, there's only one way really you can go is down. So it's really a challenge for the young men, their families in a community, the expectations are so unreasonably high, and it's rarefied error. This school has never been anywhere near uh, rated that high nationally. Uh, we've had some wonderful athletes that have come through this school, including Carson Palmer some years ago, who uh, led us to a division championship here, but This is most difficult, and it will be a challenge um, leading up to our first game against the number one team in the state of Arizona, Brophy Prep, in Phoenix, Arizona. But this will be a challenge for us to keep the boys focused on the task at hand and to continue to to improve and um, not pay so much attention to uh, what people are saying about them, and just to strive every day to live their lives fully, Uh richly try to get better, and it's my job as a mentor, as a teacher, and as a coach to teach them how to continue to grow as young men and women. I've got five wonderful managers, girl managers on my team, so uh, we're all one, and this is an incredible school.
3: Coach Welch uh, giving out the kudos to everyone there on this show, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit later with uh, Coach Welch, uh, uh, continue with that interview, talking about his uh, top quarterback, Johnny uh, Stanton, who is, uh, he has verbal to Nebraska, but right now we're going to uh, switch things up a little bit and bring in a guy that uh, knows a whole lot about uh, Southern California football, and on our first show, we're just glad he's joining us to help us get through it, and his name is Eric Sondheimer of the LA Times, he's been doing this for decades, and Eric joins us right now to talk about uh, a lot of different things. Welcome to the show, Eric.
6: Hey, thanks. Welcome to California. You'll get used to the good weather and lots of passing.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, as you know, I'm from Pennsylvania. We're still trying to figure that thing out there. That's when you, you put the ball behind your ear and move it forward, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's uh we got a lot of things we can cover with you here you're pumping out some great stuff already on uh in the paper and uh, on your blog but uh let's get started maybe with the uh the change in the playoff system here with the the north and the uh the south regionals it's no longer you just get voted into the championship game so give me your take on that is that
6: a, is this a good thing well i don't have any problems with it except that they've added a whole The season has to start a week earlier, and and there's a possible 16-game season for for a group of teams, and 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 it's unprecedented, and and it's uncharted territory. We don't know how that's going to affect coaches and players, and it could be very exhausting, and we don't know the physical and mental challenge that everybody's going to have to face. It may be a survival of the fittest by the end, which teams are able to emerge with that 16th game and, and win. So I'm, I've always been a little bit concerned about that. I think it's too long. We're already seeing the challenge of, of practicing in, in sizzling heat in Southern California starting earlier than ever. There's going to be some, uh, some very hot games being played next week. Hopefully the weather will cool off, but uh, I think the coaches have done a great job so far with safety issues. Fortunately, there haven't been any serious illnesses mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned from heat. But uh, that, that's the challenge in my mind, and, and I'm, so, I'm not a big uh, supporter of it so far.
3: <laughs> well, the one good thing I can say is uh, my feet were burning on some of the turfs on, on Monday and Tuesday, but there was no humidity like I'm used to in Chicago and Philly. So that, that was one of the good things. Uh, before we brought you on, you heard uh, Coach Welch talking about the national rankings, uh, you know, rivals number one, uh, USA Today number two. How good are the Eagles?
6: Uh, You know, they certainly have to be the number one team to start out with in Southern California. I'm not big on national polls. I I think they're kind of silly, but I understand why we do them. Um, I'm just saying that from an offensive standpoint, it's very hard for me to believe there's going to be very many teams better than Santa Margarita. They're going to have eight returning starters. Their offensive line is just off the charts. They have three players who have already committed to to pack 12 schools. Uh, and so uh, two of them, and then they're going to have a third. So it's really tremendous. And of course they have Johnny Stanton, who, who's a, an A student, uh, does well on and off the field, can pass, can run, and really is the, uh, the leader. And so it's going to be very difficult for teams to stop San and reader, but I'm not all told about their defense. They have a long ways to go. You know, last season, uh, people were able to move the ball on them, but the offense was so good. They were able to win, so that's going to be the challenge for them is the defense has to keep improving.
3: Talking to Eric Sondheimer from the L.A. Times tonight on High School Football America, SoCal on AM570, Fox Sports, L.A. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Trinity League uh, because Santa Margarita has these high rankings. But we, as I said at the top on this show, we're about the entire area, uh, city section. We want to go to the valley. We want to go inland. So tell me a little bit about some of the other teams that you're looking at. Let's start in the city section. Uh, who who kind of gets your boat floated here at the beginning of the year as one of the top two or three teams?
6: But clearly, it's at Narbonne. They're the defending champion. They have returned a lot of starters. Their quarterback, Troy Williams, who's committed to Washington, the City Player of the Year. Uh, they're not just looking at the city title. They want to get into a bowl game, and they're one of those teams that have a shot at a 16-game schedule. They play a tough non-league schedule. They're going to be playing Long Beach Poly and Gardena Sierra. So. They have the makings of, of, of making a run at that. However, there's other good city teams. Carson has a new coach and Jimmy Nolan. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to coach in the first game because under the, the wonderful city rules, if you don't show up to the mandatory coaches game, meeting, you have to miss the first game. And for some reason, the, the word didn't get out of Carson, and he missed the meeting. So that's going to have a, a factor on him, and they played Long Beach Poly. So th- that's definitely a, a difficult game. Uh, Dorsey and Crenshaw are perennial uh, powerhouses. Venice should be good. There's a lot of good individual talent in the city, but only one team really stands above everybody else to start out, and and that's Narbonne.
3: Now, uh, I know you're working hard, getting ready for your preseason stuff. Uh, You told me earlier today, uh, Wednesday, you start a nine-part series uh, previewing the top players in SoCal, so I can't let you go without kind of – don't give away the whole story, but uh, who are some of the players you're really looking at? I know you've named some already.
6: Right. Well, it, it, it's uh, it's fun to have been spending all the summer, mostly looking, going out to these passing leagues and also just talking to coaches and trying to get put together a list of top players by position. And we're going to start out with linebackers because the number one player from last season is back. And that's Sue Cravens out of Vista Marietta, who's committed to USC, He's really an outstanding player. Uh, and there's a lot of great players. The quarterback position is very good. But I, I think the strongest position this year is at defensive back. I mean, it was very difficult to try and put together just a top ten list. There's probably 15 defensive backs that uh, are, are going to have a scholarship. And it's one of the strongest positions, I think, uh, of all.
3: Well, it's going to be fun to check that out, Eric. We, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time on a Saturday night out of your schedule to join us and get things kicked off. We'll have you here throughout the season. As, uh, as much as we can get you in here, because I know you're going to be busy out at the games on Friday nights, but thank you so much, and we look forward to watching your coverage throughout the season.
6: Well, thank you very much, and uh, good luck. I'm glad that there's a radio program devoted to high school sports.
3: Thank you very much. That is Eric Sondheimer of the L.A. Times. Coming back, going to talk about something up north, a little bit of the north, the De La Salles. Uh, they're nationally ranked again this year. We're going to bring in Mark Tennis of Cal High Sports to give us kind of the rundown on the statewide outlook. This is High School Football America SoCal on AM 575 Sports L.A. Flying through the show, the inaugural show for High School Football America SoCal. I am Jeff Fisher here on AM570 Fox Sports LA. Getting you ready for the 2012 high school football season. Week zero actually coming up shortly on the 24th of August. Getting ready for uh, what we believe is going to be a wonderful year of high school football throughout the state of uh, California. If you're just joining us, uh, started the show off with uh, Petros Papadakis from the Petros and Money Show. He loves Southern California football, and that came through. I want to thank Chuck Peterson from Orange Lutheran stopping by, and you just heard from uh, Eric Sondheimer of the L.A. Times. Going to bring in another guy that knows a lot about high school football, high school sports in general. His name is Mark Tennis from Cal High Sports, and he joins us from the northern part of the state to give us a little look at uh, what's going on up there and also some opinions on Santa Margarita, which you heard Eric talk about. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? We're doing wonderful tonight, and I appreciate, like I have everybody else, you taking the time late on a Saturday night to stay up and talk to us and give us some of your knowledge. So thank you for doing that.
2: Oh, it's no problem. Just take a little break from watching the
3: Olympics. (laughs) Which is a lot of fun, and uh, I had a chance to, uh, for the the first week here, go around and and find out there's a lot of fun things going on in Southern California football, much different from my... Uh, Philadelphia and Chicago area days as I just said to Eric I, I now know what a forward pass is and uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at that let's uh let's kind of get started uh with your uh your conversation on uh same thing I asked Eric because I'm, I'm getting different points of view on on the new uh playoff system with the uh the the regional games in the north and the south uh, let's start there what what's your take on this is this a good thing for California football
2: uh, I think it's a good thing for California football because you're going to have uh, incredible interest in a lot of marquee games, especially the regional finals in the north and the south and the open division. Um, I think uh, the games in Northern California will will draw fans possibly close to twenty thousand. Uh, I think some of the some of the games in Southern California, or especially the open division game, if if we get a Visalmurieta versus Santa Margarita final, which perhaps could happen. Uh, would have huge interest, and I think that's good for everybody when you Mm -hmm. have these big games like that.
3: Well, let's uh, go to one of the subjects. You kind of sent me an email, so I'm sure this is going to get people talking down here. We were, we were discussing via email the national rankings, and they're, they're just fun. Let's face it, they're fun. You, there's no way you can figure this all out. But uh, when I said, you know, okay, let's talk Santa Margarita number one to rivals, uh, De La Salle number 13, and then we can go through the rest, you said, hold on a second here. I don't know that you should discount the Spartans. So tell me about uh, who you think the better team is going into the season.
2: Well, it's not so much who I think is the better team. I think which team should be ranked higher to start the season, and I think clearly it's De La Salle. Um, They are the three-time defending Mm -hmm. Open Division champions. They have outscored their last three Southern California undefeated teams 110-8 to in the last ten quarters. And I think it's just impossible to overlook that if you're going to do rankings for California – Daly South should be number one until they get beat. It's pure and simple, in my opinion.
3: I have no problem with that. We're talking with Mark Tennis tonight from Cal High Sports. And uh, you know a, a thing or two about these national rankings, because you've spent the better part of uh, several years here with your association with ESPN uh, looking into that. So so tell me a little bit about what goes into that. You know, Pull back the sheets here and let the, let the people know how all of that really comes about. Can you do that? Well,
2: yeah, sure. There's a lot of different ways of going about it. And, and um, you know, I, I really don't want to belittle the different ways. Some people look at the recruiting and how many Division One guys somebody has. Uh, some some other organization may look at uh, just purely strength of schedule, who, which teams are going to play, and, and that's fine. Uh, we kind of look at it a little bit more as a starting point uh, to do preseason rankings, and we're still doing preseason rankings in California, uh, which we'll be releasing on Monday. Um, on, our, on our ESPN, the Cal High Sports site. And uh, uh, so, I mean, we, we kind of look at more as a starting point and, and take into more, uh, a little bit more of what happened in the past, that it does have some value. You can't just discount everything that's happened in the past. And that's just a different way of looking at it. And some people uh, look at preseason rankings as sort of a prediction. Uh, we're going to predict uh, what teams we think are going to be the best. And uh, we're a little bit less of a prediction and more of a, reflection uh, somewhat of what's happened in the past. I mean, we, we, maybe that's a criticism of our rankings as we stick with teams too long uh, and they're not good anymore, not as good anymore, and that's fine. We accept that. But it's, it's just a different way. Ours are, are based uh, maybe more on uh, criteria, you know, who beat who, um, key wins, um, all those different kind of factors.
3: So let's uh, talk about the north part of the state. We will bring you down here into the south. But you've got that, that statewide perspective. Uh, okay, so you've got De La Salle. Tell us a little bit about some of the other teams up there that are going to make some noise and maybe find their way uh, down south here to Carson by mid-December.
2: Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting season in the north because, you know, as in the south, we have regional, you know, final bowl games, and, and, and De La Salle, I'm assuming, is going to have to go to play a team in the Sacramento area in Sacramento to, to even get a trip to come down there, and that's not going to be easy no matter who they play. The the Sac Joaquin section has been very good um, in the last few seasons, and they should be very good again, but it's just hard to point to one or two teams. Uh, the local team here in Stockton, Lincoln High School, um, has perhaps the best running back quarterback combination, maybe even in the country, with their running back Justin Davis is going to USC, and their quarterback Zach Greenlee is Recently chosen the Elite 11, the ESPN Elite 11 event that we had a couple weeks ago down at Redondo Beach. So they should be very good, but they have to replace all their linemen. So it's, they have some question marks. Uh, you're going to find a lot about in the north in the very first week because De La Salle is going to have to play at Bellarmine, and uh, Bellarmine was a very good team last year. They almost beat Santa Margarita in the Division One championship, Division One bowl game. And uh, they almost beat De La Salle last year as well. And this year they're going to be playing that game at, you know, it's a Bellarmine home game at San Jose City College. So uh, I think that's going to be a very big key early game. Another key early game is when Oaks Christian, which I think is going to be one of the best teams in Southern California, plays their first game on August 24th at Del Oro of Loomis. And Del Oro was a team that lost in the Division II bowl game to Helix last season. And Oro I expect to be very good again with nine or ten starters back and a very good player named Brandon Monroe, who's a running back and a DB, a very good player and a very good coaching staff, and they're going to be ready for Oaks Christian. So that's, a, that's going to be a nice key early game to look for involving a Northern California team.
3: And maybe this is a, a good segue right into uh, the south section then. Uh, Oaks Christian no longer led by Bill Riddell, who uh, retired. Uh, some, some pressure there maybe on uh... – Jeff Woodruff, tell us a little bit about uh, how you think all that change is going to affect Oaks Christian.
2: I think it's going to. I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, you know Brandon Dawkins, their, their, their quarterback from last year, had a spectacular sophomore season. He was our state sophomore of the year. Um, I think they have a lot of other really good players, and I think you know with Westlake uh, seeming to have a lot of holes to fill, and perhaps St. Bonaventure as well. I think they're they're the favorite in the Marmani League, and and they'll be one of the top teams in in Southern California. I think they'll be fine.
3: So tell us a little bit about some of the other teams you're looking at here in the Southern section, uh, aside from the ones we've mentioned already, that uh, could sneak up on some people possibly.
2: Well, some teams that I really like are uh, – I saw their last regular season game between Alemania and Notre Dame of Sherman Oaks last season, and I thought both those teams were loaded with very good young players, and I think both of those teams are going to be very good this year. Um, Alamany has Stephen Mitchell, a wide receiver. You know, Devin Dunn, their quarterback's very good. Um, Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks is the state athlete of the year. Kalfani Muhammad will be a running back and some other very good players. Um, so I, I think those two teams could really make some noise. One, Notre Dame didn't make the playoffs. They lost in the coin flip, and Alamany lost in the first round. But Alamany had a lot of really close games. And two years ago, if you if a lot of people may remember, Alamany went 12-1. and And I think this team has the uh, potential to be as, as good or uh, approaching as good as that one was.
3: Talking with Mark Tennis tonight of uh, Cal High Sports. That's CalHighSports.com. Talking north and south uh, so far. And, and let's talk about a couple of other things before we let you go here. You mentioned uh, Notre Dame. And, you know, more and more teams are starting to travel. It, it, it started probably with the, the Herb Street Classic uh, in Ohio, uh, USA, versus uh, Ohio a couple of years ago. I guess now five years ago. Uh, Notre Dame going to Ireland to play Hamilton from Arizona. Where, when does the madness stop on this?
2: Um, I think it's, I don't think it'll stop uh, anytime soon. I, I think this all started in the early 2000s. If you might remember, the very first TV game on ESPN was uh, De La Salle against uh, Evangel Christian of Louisiana. Yeah. And ESPN wasn't going to do the game. I know this for a fact. They weren't going to do the game unless De La Salle was, uh, was on air and, that, and De La Salle agreed. So that was the very first game. And it's kind of been growing ever since. And there's a group out of Chicago called Paragon Marketing that does a great job with these games. They put together the Santa Margarita game against Brophy Prep, which will be uh, which will be on ESPN2 on August 25th at 10 p.m. Got to get a plug in there. Um, so Santa Margarita will be on air on ESPN um, coming up, and and I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. And I think what's most important is not so much the the huge travel games, but But so many of these teams now are seeking each other out from different sections. You know, I mentioned um, um, Oaks Christian's going to play Del Oro. Um, Granite Bay is going to come down and play Westlake and Oaks Christian the next week. Um, Bakersfield has been itching to get some good games in against the southern section teams. They're going to play Long Beach Poly uh, again this year. So I think that's more important. You're seeing a lot of these teams looking for these intersectional games that's going to make uh, the selections for these bowl games and these regional bowl games that much easier for the committee because they're going to have actual results to base these decisions on.
3: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I uh, love watching the national games here and there, but uh, I think you're right, the, you know uh, up and down the various states. that happens in Pennsylvania and Texas as well. Across, go out there and find the best in the state and, and figure it out from there. Let's, uh, let's wrap up with one question here. And, and, again, I'm new to Southern California, so I'm learning all about it, but I do know when I talked to Tom Simmons at the CIF the other day, he said, you know, when it comes to records, you can't beat Cal High Sports. They've been doing it forever. Your, your father started it. Uh, tell me about the record book as far as some things we might see broken this year. Is there anything on the horizon, a couple of numbers that uh, may, may get decimated?
1: Well, let's,
2: let's think for a second. Actually, it was my uncle Nelson who just started our uh, whole uh, operation. And my dad is, is, is doing fine, and, but uh, my dad hasn't, hasn't done a lot of this stuff. My, my uncle did, and he passed away a few years ago. Uh, but, but we've, uh, we, you know, as far as which, which guys to watch for records, there's a player in Northern California named Olito Thompson at a Concord High School who set the Northern California rushing record last year, and he's going to, I believe, set uh, a lot of records um, this, this next season. Uh, a player in the South who's, who's on his way to some, some great records is Drew Wolitarski from Canyon, up in Canyon Country for career receiving. He's been a very prolific receiver. And, of course, uh, you know, down in Orange County, you have Connor Manning at El Toro, who broke a lot of Orange County records last season. And he has almost all of his receiving core. Top receivers are coming back. Um, There's no reason to believe that that, that Connor Manning is going to put up huge, huge numbers once again for El Toro.
3: Well, Mark, that's why you uh, have uh, control of the record book. You, you set the record straight with me. I got my story mixed up a little bit, so I appreciate it being no straightened problem. out a little bit. But uh, I'm glad Dad's doing a lot better. And we really appreciate you taking the time tonight and look forward to uh, working with you uh, throughout the season here at High School Football America SoCal. So best of luck, and here's to a great 2012.
2: Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Thank you very much for having me, Jeff.
3: Thanks a lot. Going to take a break. When we come back, going to talk La Mirada football with head coach Mike Machetti. This is High School Football America on AM 570, Fox Sports, LA. Hope you're enjoying the first show on High School Football America, SoCal. I'm Jeff Fisher. Glad you joined us tonight. Uh, I want to remind you, you can keep up with us. Tweet us out. At uh, Twitter, it's HSFB America. Also, like us on Facebook, as I've been saying throughout the show. Highschoolfootballamerica.com is being redesigned, rebranded with a special SoCal Bend, and that will come up here uh, being released in the next couple of weeks. And uh, enjoyed the first uh, 47 minutes of this show, a fast-paced one, as we've had uh, several coaches and some of the experts, like uh, you just heard uh, Mark Tennis from Cal High Sports on the show, along with uh, Eric Sondheimer from the L.A. Times, and uh, that's the best way to get this thing off and rolling here. We want to embrace all of our media partners out there. It's the best way to get you, the uh, listeners, all the information that you need to know, as I said, uh, as we move through the season here. It's a big area for us to cover, 550-plus schools. Please always feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and feel free to uh, email me. It's Jeff at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Time to bring in another coach right now. We're going to La Mirada. I had an opportunity to stop by. Uh, coach wasn't on the field when I got there. It was actually a team from Arizona that was practicing on their field but uh, Mike Machete has done a great job at uh, La Mirada they were eight and five last year lost in the uh, southeast semifinals to West Covina 63-34 they were the eventual champs uh, talking about West Covina and uh, coach Machete joins me right now to talk about his program this year welcome to the show coach
7: yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me on, bud.
3: Oh, absolutely. As I've been saying to everybody, thanks for staying up with us here. It's it's late on a Saturday night, uh, two-a-days uh, going on all week long. I'm, I'm sure you're a little grinded down, but uh, let's kind of uh, start with two-a-days. How has uh, the practice been so far for you this week?
8: Well, th- I'll tell you
7: what, Um, you know, the boys have done a great job. I'm kind of having withdrawals tonight. Usually, uh, you know, the coaching staff are getting prepared for for a practice the next day. Tomorrow we have Sunday off. And uh, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to wake up early in the morning and, and, and you know, go and go walk around the backyard and, and try to figure out something to do. I'm 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 extremely excited. We have a great group of kids. Uh, they've given us everything we've had uh, in the spring, winter conditioning, um, and it, it's an exciting time right now at Lamarada.
3: Now I know uh, the Matadors returning uh, seven starters on offense and uh, on seven on defense, so that gives you a pretty good nucleus. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I do want to talk about uh, Kevin Dillman, your quarterback, uh, kind of in a separate conversation. So before we get to Kevin, let's let's start with a, a little bit of uh, some of the names of the kids up front, and then we'll go to the skill positions.
7: Yeah, our uh, our offensive line is probably going to be one of our our biggest offensive line that I, that I've had in the, in the four years. We got a great nucleus of, of young guys and, and uh, a couple seniors. Uh, our skill positions we're, we're, we're finally getting up to par with uh, you know having some pretty good team speed. Uh, we have a, a returning all CIF player Dallas Ship. He's six five, around two ten. He's 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 more confident this year. He's bigger. He's faster. He's stronger. So we're we're expecting big things out of him. Uh, we have a, a returning all CIF quarterback and Jerry Myers. He's had a great off season. Uh, he's around six one two ten. He's another guy that's a Division one quarterback that's getting recruited right now. He's he's getting recruited by Ivy League schools and some lower level uh, Division one schools and Division one AA schools. So we have a we have a, a great problem that that you know we have two guys that can play the quarterback position and uh, it, it, it's something that we're going to utilize and. You know, uh, Kevin Dillman's more of an of, of an athlete. He can, he can get out of the pocket. He's a drop back guy, also. Um, you know, he's, he's still young. He's still learning. He's going to be a sophomore. But uh, you know, offensively, we're really excited. Defensively, we got a new uh, coaching staff. We have a new defensive coordinator, uh, Rich Avina. He came came over from St. Paul High School. Uh, he's very organized. He's disciplined. He's structured. And uh, the kids are really buying in what we're trying to do. You know, the number one goal is to 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 be physical and to be disciplined and uh you know i'm really really excited about this group of kids that we have uh, we're going to accept every every challenge that that 's thrown at us we're going to look it in the eye and and uh, when the ball's kicked off we're going we're going to take it on head on
3: talking with uh, Mike machete tonight, the head coach at la Mirada five years is the head man tied for the suburban league title back uh, last year in two thousand and eleven and kind of mentioned the, uh, the the nice problem you here have there with the uh, Jerry Myers and Kevin Dillman at quarterback uh, when I when I got here that was one of the the first stories I heard about the interesting story of Kevin Dillman from Sweden and uh, how he, he landed at uh, La Mirada and all that so tell us a little bit more about him because uh, there's a lot of these recruiting services that are talking about you know just based on the four games he played last year how good he is how, how good can he be
7: yeah, Kevin, he you know, he's around 6'4, 210. Uh his dad was a foreign exchange student around 30 years ago at Lamrada High School. Uh when Kevin was 9 years old, he him and his dad were walking on a street in Sweden. There was a big poster uh, of, of a kid in a football uniform. Uh in Sweden, football's not really big. I mean, they're they're big on <laughs> really? hockey. And then soccer and but Kevin I think, you know, he's told me there's about 600 kids in the whole country that play football. And uh, he, he saw a kid in a uniform one day and he fell in love with it. Uh, he started playing at a really early age, started competing against a lot of kids that were a lot older than him. He's on the uh, Swedish national team. You know, I didn't even know Swedish or Sweden had a national football team. But when he was 13, 14 years old, he was competing against uh, you know 18 and 19 year olds on this team. So, you know, Kevin's work ethic, uh, at a young age, uh you know, the things that he does in the weight room, uh he he's just he's just mentally I've never seen a kid at his age, you know, superior than you know, normal kids. I mean he's he's really focused. Uh he moved from Sweden to the United States not knowing anybody and uh you know, he had a goal, and that, that goal is to, to get a, a Division one football scholarship, get a degree, and, and further his playing career.
3: It takes a lot to do that. We're talking with uh, Mike Machete tonight of La Mirada High School. You're a quarterback in college at uh, Colorado, Coach. And uh, I know uh, talking to Jim Phillips, who's kind of helping out with uh, getting your, your media kind of presence out there a little bit more, he said uh, 15 Players have gone on to college since you took over. I know that's a uh, a big deal for you. How much um, did your college experience, or does your college experience, help you when it comes to helping some of your boys get on to it, whether it's a Division One, Two, II or Three program?
7: Well, I think you know, I think it helps a lot. I think a lot of high school coaches, you know, around the country, are very lazy. You know, a lot of coaches, their goal is to to, to win football games, and Alamorado our goal is also to win football games. But the ultimate goal is to to get these kids to go on to college and get a college degree and be you know successful in, in, in anything that they want to become. Now a lot of what we do as a coaching staff, you know we, we're one of the few schools that we make our own highlight tape, tapes for kids. Mm. Uh, we send out each highlight tape literally to every school in the country, whether that's Division one, you know, Division One, Double A, Division Two, II, Division Three. I think playing not only myself, but our, our offensive line coach played at Purdue, uh, our our running back coach played at Oregon State, our DB coach played at Hawaii. Uh, it, it it just opens doors because the coaches that coached me in college and coach, uh, you know, Coach Cardona who played at Purdue, he'll pick up the phone, call a coach who's at another school in the country and the bottom line is when we do call a coach that we know the film is going to get looked at and, and that's half the battle it's just getting getting the film out there and actually getting a coach to to look at it i know uh you know we have we have kids that have offers from from Colorado and UCLA i'm very close with the db coach at UCLA demetrius martin you know every time i call him he picks up the phone and at least with the relationship that we've had and with my relationship with coaches at Colorado and other schools across the country, at least the film is going to get looked at, mm-hmm. and that's half the battle. But uh, that's what we pride ourselves on at La Mirada. We have a great administration. We have a great academic support system. It starts at an early age, making sure that these kids are taking NCAA qualified classes. We have study hall. We have to stay on them, make sure that they're, they're doing the right things academically, make a highlight tape. Instead of having parents go out and and pay $500 to some company that's going to make a highlight tape, we as coaches at La we take pride in it, we do it, and we send it out to every school in the country. And that, that, that's what it's
3: all about. I mean... I applaud you. That's that's a lot of work. I, I completely understand that. Before we let you go here, let's uh, talk about 2012 aside from the players. A, a pretty good preseason schedule. St. Paul in there, La Habra. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, scheduling a, a pretty tough preseason schedule before getting into the Suburban League. And then just give me a couple of real quick pointers on what you need to do this year to be successful as a team.
7: Yeah, you know, our our, our goal, our, our schedule, it is what it is. I mean, we're, we're not afraid to... Uh, to, to accept the challenge, uh, we'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime, any day of the week. And uh, you know, kids, kids want to come to a school and they want to play in big games. They want to play in big-time atmospheres. We feel like we're a big-time program. You know, we still have a long way to go, uh, but the kids are working hard. And uh, you know, our ultimate goal and our whole focus is just one day at a time. Uh, we're, we're not worried about our schedule right now. Uh, we just started implementing our game plan for uh, August 24th against that school that we're playing. And, uh, you know, it's it's about competing. It's about becoming mentally tough, mentally disciplined, and getting better every day, and that's our goal. We don't set goals to win championships. We don't set goals to, to win suburban league championships. Our goal is to, to get mentally tougher and to get better every day that you step between the lines, and, and that's what it's all
3: about. Well, coach, really appreciate you taking the time tonight to educate me and, and the listeners a little bit about your program and we wish you all the success in two thousand twelve and we'll keep up with you throughout the season.
7: Hey, anytime and it sounds like in a month or so I'll, I'll probably be listening to you uh on ESPN, huh?
3: <laughs> well I don't I don't know about that, but uh okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> Best of luck, coach. Really appreciate it. All right, buddy. It. Take care. Okay. That is Coach Mike Machete. Uh, Five years at uh, La Mirada, and as you heard, a lot of good things. Fifteen-plus players going on to uh, college, and a lot of big things expected out of this team uh, this year with uh, seven returners. Speaking of uh, teams expecting a lot, uh, we've talked a little bit about defending champs from last year. Let's kind of go through the the five uh, that are trying to defend the title. It starts right at the top in the open division with De La Salle. uh, Three straight open division titles looking for number four, and uh, Mark Tennis thinking they've got a real good shot. At uh, getting the four, Pete, and then who knows, one for the thumb, I guess. Division one, we've already mentioned that Santa Margarita is the defending 2011 champs. In Division two, from down San Diego way, it's Helix. Division three is Washington Union trying to defend. In Division four, in the small schools, it's Sarah Canyon, the defending champs, as we head into the 2012 season. Hard to believe, but we have finished our first hour here on High School Football America SoCal on AM570, Fox Sports LA. But we are not done when we come back. Some big-time previews as we go around the Trinity League and the Seacoast League. We're going to have those reports coming up. Plus, we're going to hear a little bit more from Harry Welch about whether the Santa Margarita Eagles can... Do it and win a mythical national championship. You are listening to High School Football America SoCal on AM 570 Fox Sports LA. Ready, set, hut, hut. from
0: L.A. to Orange County to the Inland Empire.
2: I was born like this, baby. We gotta protect this turf. We gotta go out and control this football game
0: it's time to light up the night with southern california's premier high school football show high school football america oh can you see the dungeon uh, SoCal. west coast done award-winning high school sports expert jeff fisher takes you inside southern california's high school football huddles with the top coaches players and inside information on the area's biggest games Now, from the AM 570 Fox Sports LA studios, here's your host, Jeff Fisher.
3: Man, I love that open. Makes me feel like playing some football. Jeff Fisher on High School Football America. SoCal tonight on AM 570, Fox Sports LA. Hey, if you like that open, why don't you tweet us on the Twitter? Our handle is HSFB America. Great first hour. I want to thank everybody. Chuck Peterson from Orange Lutheran. Harry Welch had a pre-taped interview. We're going to hear more from him coming up in the second half uh, of this hour. Eric Sondheimer from the LA Times stopping by, along with uh, Mark Tennis of Cal High Sports. You just heard from Mike Machete head coach at La Mirada as we try and go through uh, as much as we can over the first several weeks here to get you all set for the 2012 high school football season here in Southern California. Now we're going to spend the next half hour taking a look at uh, a couple of leagues here. Uh, we're going to start first in the Trinity League. Again, we've already had uh, the interview with Chuck Peterson at Orange Lutheran, and we're uh, going to also uh, move down the coast a little bit further in a little bit. But for right now, we're going to bring in Les Lukic, who's going to uh, talk with me tonight about uh, – Teams other than uh, Santa Margarita and Orange Lutheran, we will get to them. But uh, bring Les in here. I I, I know you're somewhere in a canyon, I believe, to do this. And we appreciate the time tonight to uh, talk about the Trinity League. Welcome to the show, Les.
8: Uh, absolutely, Jeff. Thanks
3: a lot. Battling the uh, thunderstorms up here in the San Bernardino Mountains. Okay, court, well, be on with you. Yeah, don't 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 hold that phone up too high not, <laughs> unless it's a nine iron, because we know somebody can't hit a nine iron with the lightning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know you're you're not able to listen to us. But uh, right at the top of the show, we uh, we we talked with uh, Chuck Peterson. So we'll talk about that. I know you know a lot about the Olu program. Uh, Harry uh, Welch also talked with us a little bit. But uh, let's get to some of the other teams and in, in in this league, which uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt I haven't seen a game here yet but uh, everything I've been able to read and and see in some of the ESPN games I've seen through the course of time uh, this Trinity League is in the top five in the country so uh, with with that being said let's uh, let's uh, maybe start with uh, with Servite let's go with them with uh, with Troy Thomas uh, coming off a 10 and 2 season Uh, but uh, what are they going to be able to do this year with maybe not a lot of big recruiting names
8: you know, it's funny you say that. You know, last three, four years, they've they've made their living with D1 guys at just about every position. You know, this year it's a little bit different. They have, you know, their big main guy, Joel Foy, is a senior inside linebacker, second team all league last year. He has a Navy offer right now. We're going to rely on him to replace Butch Powell, who is now at BYU. And speaking of Powell, his cousin, Neil takes over behind the quarterback uh, or at the quarterback spot, excuse me, second team all league last year as a wide receiver. You know, they expect big things out of him. He he got a little time and mop-up duty at the quarterback spot last year, but, you know, it's his his turn to take over. And then, obviously, you know, Servite runs the ball so well. And and, and Charlie Etiaki, their running back this year, you know, he's got opera from Nevada and Sac State. They're going to rely on him a lot not only running the ball, but also
3: supporting Foy as a linebacker. 35-game win streak in the league. That, that's, some, that's something right there. That, that jumped off the stat page that you gave me. Uh, let's talk a little bit about their non-conference schedule to get them ready for this. I know there is a big uh, you know, interstate battle with Bishop Gorman, one of the top teams year in and year out in Vegas. So tell me a little bit about the schedule.
8: Uh, the non-conference schedule is loaded. You mentioned uh, Gorman. You know they traveled out to Vegas last year and took a you know took it on the on the chin there from Gorman out in Vegas. But they also traveled to Bishop Amat, who probably will be down a little bit this year, but is typically a pretty solid pac 5 program. And then they host Huntington Beach Edison. Dave White over at Edison just does a remarkable job of just getting his kids ready to play. They were in the CIF finals a couple of years ago and they, where they lost to. Survite in that game uh, over in a sloppy, rainy game at Angel Stadium. So the non-conference schedule is a great, great way for Servite to get ready for Trinity League, but at the same time, you know, they're going to have revenge on their minds in a couple of those games, especially, you know, the Gorman game, as I mentioned.
3: Talking with Les Lukic tonight, uh, doing the preview of the Trinity League here on High School Football America, SoCal on AM 570, Fox Sports LA. I want to talk a little bit before we go on to modern day about Servite and and Santa Margarita. Not that you want to advance the clock that far, but uh, I I, I read about the game last year. I got to believe these two teams are looking at this one again.
8: Oh, Jeff, that game last year. I mean, Servite, Troy Thomas, you got to tip your cap to the guy. He went for two. And the win, you know, with that time was expired. I believe there was two seconds on the clock. They got it, they pull out the victory 43 42 over Santa Margarita. 22 points were scored in the final 730 of that game. It's the most unreal high school football game I've seen in, in my 20 years of being around the game. It was just something else, but just, you know, the chutzpah, as they say, for Thomas to go for two there and take the win, I mean, he did not want to take that game in overtime. You know, a lot of people say that the touchdown late was cheap. You know, there may have been a penalty. There may not have been a penalty. Depends on what side you talk to, but, you know, you got to tip your cap to thomas again for going for two there in that situation
3: let's uh switch over to a modern day now uh unfamiliar territory in 2011 uh, four and six overall two and three in the league and no playoffs uh, I, I know enough about modern day to know that's not the norm
8: yeah yeah. You know, bruce rollison really struggled last year he had a young team and a lot of unproven guys and it started with ryan mcmahon he was a first year starter uh, at quarterback last year For modern day, he played on the JVs the year before. But I'll tell you what, Jeff, they bring back eight starters on offense and seven starters on a defense that was pretty good. They just couldn't score points offensively was their biggest issue. But the defense, especially the front seven, was pretty solid for them. And and look for Thomas Duarte, a senior tight end defensive end. He is arguably the top tight end in the county. He holds offers from over half the pac 12 you know, he's gonna have his choice of where to go to school and, and they got a couple of key uh transfers coming in that are really gonna help modern day out. But I'd look for Modern Day to be right in the thick of this league this year, especially you know, with the guys they got coming back and again, they haven't won or shared a league title since oh eight. So, I mean that's three straight years of no league championships. That's unfamiliar territory for Modern Day.
3: Yeah, and and just like uh we were talking about with Servite, uh, no cupcakes on the non conference schedule at least. They've got several big games there. Let's uh, let's hear about those.
8: Absolutely. Well they played Carson, which upset them last year. Uh, and, and what shocked many people, but when you kind of take a look at it at the end of the season, you know, it wasn't as big a shock as you would have assumed when it happened. You know, then they also play Huntington Beach, Edison. you're Again, a traditional powerhouse program in, in Orange County. They have to travel to Edison. And then they play Narbonne, which was a semifinalist in the city section last year, and is always loaded with talent.
3: Let's uh, kind of move up the uh, the ladder here or down, depending which way we go from your notes. And I'm just going to go with your notes because you've done a great job so far. Uh, St. John Bosco, tell us a little bit about the the team this year.
8: Well, Coach, Jason Negro's got to be pleased with the talent he brings back this year. They were, they had pretty, pretty good talent last year. Some young guys mixed in with some seniors. You know, they just... Couldn't seem to put it all together in league. You know they ended eight and four and three and two in league, but they have some studs this year. Nico Fala, of course, the guy everybody's talking about, a six four two seventy offensive lineman. He's committed to USC. He's a three year starter. He anchors what should be a great great offensive line, in my opinion, the second best offensive line behind Santa Margarita. And then they look at Orlandis uh, Hinton, who is a wide receiver DB. Uh, they, they're looking for him to kind of fill that role uh, of Bryce Treggs, who signed and is now at California. But the big question for, for Bosco is going to be who plays quarterback. They have a six one quarterback named Josh Rosen, who led the JV team to an outstanding season last year, and he was going to compete with a junior, uh, Andrew Katnick, who was on the varsity last year but didn't play due to injury. Actually, Katnick was in line to be the starter before he got hurt right before the first game of the season. So Bosco and Coach Jason Neville, again, a lot of talent. The big question for them is going to be, you know how how are they going to meld the the infusion of the transfers and the young guys they've got because they did get a couple of the key transfers, namely AJ Holman who transferred from Orange Lutheran where he was a two year starter. And then we're talking about Holman has sub eleven hundred meter speed and he's got unbelievable hands and the kick can just fly and he's a really really good receiver. Just trying to get into an offense that you know fits his skill set a little bit better. So the question is going to be is how do they meld those transfers? With the young guys, and then the guys they have coming back, and, and you know the sky's the limit for this team. It's a program on the rise for
3: sure. Talking with Les Lukacs tonight, uh, going through the Trinity League, a team by team, and uh, one of the one of the things that you you pointed out in the notes that you sent me here is the fact that uh, you know they've got to travel to Olu, Servite, and Moder Day. Tell me a little bit about playing on the road in the Trinity League. How how difficult is it? Uh,
8: I. You know, in my opinion, it's difficult whether you're playing these teams at home or on the road. But when you talk about going to a game at Servite, you're playing at Cerritos College, you're playing in front of six, seven, eight thousand people. When you go to modern day, you're playing at Santa Ana College, you're playing in front of five, six, seven, eight thousand people. You go to Olu, you're playing at Orange Coast College, you're playing again in front of five, six, seven, eight thousand people, and you're not traveling. St. John Bosco being up in Bellflower doesn't travel really extremely well like some of these other teams do. For example, you go to an Olu-Servite game and both sides are packed, Whereas if you go to a Bosco Servite game, I mean it's two to one, three to one Servite fans to Bosco fans, so you don't have that in your corner. So it's really Servite really has to take us against the world, or pardon me, Bosco It's going to have to take an us against the world mentality on the road, and they're traveling on the road to. You know, three pretty tough venues. Fortunately for them, they get Jay Sarah at home, and then they close out the season with just a brutal game against Santa Margarita, who could be eyeing, you know, another trip to that state bowl.
3: Jay Sarah, only uh, three league game wins in school history, one in the each, uh, each of the last three years. Uh, made a little news recently with uh, uh, word that they're going to get their uh, their own home field at this point, a multi purpose stadium. Tell us a little bit about Jay Sarah. Well,
8: Jay Sarah is program is kind of an enigma. You know, they have all the facilities you can dream of, and, and they're in South Orange County. It's just a hotbed for talent, but they just can't seem to get the numbers of players that they need. For example, last year, their freshman team only had 35 kids out, you know, and, and that's tough to build a program for Jim Hartigan who recently stepped down as the AD to focus on coaching. Uh, you know, they went 4-6 and six last year. They got a couple of preseason wins over some, some lower-level teams in, in Orange County and L.A. County. You know, and then, again, you mentioned they they won that one game, that one league game last year. And they romped Olu 31-14 at Olu, no less. Uh, you know, and they struggled. They were only returning three guys on offense, Five guys on defense, and Coach Hardigan, he has his work cut out for him because non-conference, they're playing at Huntington Beach, which was a playoff team last year, and they're playing right up the road from them at Dana Hills, which was a CIF semifinalist a couple years ago. So Coach Hardigan and the guys over at Sarah are going to have their work cut out for them this year. But, I mean, you have to believe that, like you mentioned, that on-campus facility is going to help them out, Mm -hmm. at least to kind of attract some of the kids uh, you know to
3: their program let's uh, get a, a couple of thoughts here as we close out with you Les. Uh, let's let's start with olu a program i know you know a whole lot about uh, chuck peterson right at the top of the show talking about uh, the strength of the team the offensive line uh, obviously brought in to uh, get him back to the playoffs after a miss last year what can be expected out of olu this year under the the first year direction of chuck peterson
8: you know, I was up on the campus a couple of days ago, and I was talking to some of the players and some of the coaches, and they just seem—they're they're eager, they're ready to get out there and kind of put last year behind them. You know, they believe they have all the talent in the world, and, and you mentioned the strength being the offensive line. You know, John Lopez committed to UCLA, and Colin Sutton, Camilla committed to Colorado. You know, those guys playing the guard in that beer are huge. I mean, six six Lopez, and six five Sutton. You know, those guys can clear some holes in some space. But, I mean, I really have to believe that they are extremely confident. They had a, a full scrimmage today with officials brought in. And I got a text earlier from one of the coaches saying that, hey, the first-team offense and the first-team defense look really, really sharp. The guys are really taking to the coaching – you know, I, I don't, I'm not certain how the, the attitude was with the coaches last year, but I know that they, they've really taken to the coaching this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the assistant coaches that Coach Peterson brought in. You know, he's got a couple of uh, D1 coaches there uh, with him. So I think the kids are really buying into, hey, you know, if the program works, the system works, we know we have the talent – we know that our training is good from the weightlifting perspective and from the practice perspective. You know, now it's on us to go out and get it done. The senior class is the only class to ever go undefeated in league in freshman football, so they carry a lot of pride with them. You know, they're going to look to carry that into this season.
3: Talking with Les Lukacs tonight, we're going to uh, wrap up in the Trinity League with us. Santa Margarita. We've had a lot of talk from various people. Want to get your take, and, and, and maybe this is the question. How big is the challenge or the weight on the shoulders to live up to A, defending the state championship, B the high national rankings?
8: Well, if they were in any other league other than the Trinity League, I would say it would probably be a little less than what it is. But knowing that they have to play in modern day, that they have to play Olu, and most importantly, you know, they have to beat Servite. Last year a lot of people said, Well, yeah, you won the state title, but you didn't beat Servite." Okay. They they a lot of people say they got lucky that Servite lost in the semis, and then they took advantage, of course, beating Tesoro, and then, of course, winning the state game. But I think for them the biggest hurdle is going to be can we beat Servite? Because if they can beat Servite, it's my opinion that they can go ahead and repeat in the in the state bowl games because it, it, it's kind of that mental barrier. And these guys have an offensive line that, that averages about six four two eighty. I mean, they have – Eight guys that are going to go D1 in the senior class, and if you add the juniors and the sophomores that are already getting looks, I mean that number could swell up to about 14, but for me, I think it's going to come down to can we get past servite
3: Well, you did a great job of getting uh, the listeners uh, ready for the 2012 season in uh, in a very tough league Les. we look forward to uh, working with you throughout the season. great job and go uh, go enjoy or dodge I guess the thunderstorms. <laughs>
8: having me on today. congratulations this is a long time coming here in southern california
3: thank you appreciate that coming back going to the south coast league i think i said seacoast oops sorry about that 15 yard penalty on me we're coming back with garth worm wyckoff this is high school football america socal on am 570 fox sports la Jeff Fisher back with you on High School Football America. SoCal on AM 570, Fox Sports LA. Really flying through the night here. Uh, Great show so far. Again, thanking all of our guests. But we're not done. Got another league to preview. We just stepped out of the Trinity League. We're going to stay in Orange County, the South Coast League. And I've learned a lot about this guy over the last four days. Whenever anybody says to me, and it was my real estate agent, by the way, Cam Hamill, down in Laguna Beach, he said, you need to meet the worm. And I said, what does that mean? Does that mean tequila? What, what, what does that mean? He said, nope, Garth Worm Wyckoff. He's a guy from uh, Cox 3, does the game of the week. He's been doing it for a long time and he knows everything there is to know about uh, football in South Orange County. So with that, uh, we bring Garth the Worm into the show. Welcome to the show, Worm.
9: Uh, thanks, Jeff. You're too kind, but it's a pleasure to be joining you and the team over there at High School Football America SoCal. You guys are Doing a fantastic job, and I'm fired up and excited about the upcoming 2012 high school football season. You know, South Orange County is loaded with a ton of talent once again, a lot of quality teams, good coaches, and the South Coast League out of the Pac 5 division is stacked top to bottom with Mission Viejo, San Clemente, Tesoro, Tribuco Hills, and the newcomer, El Toro, who replaces Dana Hills in the South Coast League. It's arguably one of the best leagues in the county, if not Southern California, and certainly can hold its own statewide as well.
3: Well, you're living up to the, the name, the worm there, as far as energy. I think worms wiggle a lot. So let's, let's keep the energy going with you. Uh, I, before I got here, I knew a lot about the team that you have at the top of the list you want to start talking with. Mission Viejo, I, I know about the Johnsons, but uh, let's kind of break them down. What's, what's good about them in 2012, or what, and what are some of the things they got to do to make sure they have a shot at uh, coming out on the, on the top?
9: Well, it's amazing. They are the defending South Coast League champs, and, and the cupboards just never seem to be bare for the Diablos. They're seemingly always stocked the shelves, and they're ready to step up and fill in players that have graduated and moved on. And it really speaks volumes and a reflection of the head coach, Bob Johnson, as you mentioned, in his 14th year and his entire staff because they always have their guys ready to compete at a high level. And the numbers don't lie. You know, they've been a model of consistency over the past 12 years, winning 10 league titles only losing ten, two games in league uh, during the past 12 seasons, which is just incredible. But what they do each and every year is they just put guys in their skill positions and they're just so well coached. They fly to the football and they know how to win football games. I think that's the difference about Mission Viejo. They win three Division One CIF championships, 2001, 2002, and 2004, of course, with Mark Sanchez, and they just know how to close the deal. So with all that said, history speaks for itself. It's a top-tier program. They just know how to get it done each and every year.
3: Tell me a little bit about, uh, as I learn more and more about Southern California football, tell me about the, how hard it is to stay on that tradition because I see a lot of money being spent on programs in, in the South Orange County area. Uh, you know, it, it's easy to, to stay on top when, when no one's trying to catch you, but it doesn't seem to be the case. So tell me about how difficult it is.
9: Well, it's definitely a challenge, but I think the pedigree here in South Orange County, I mean, you have a tremendous load of talent in a wide variety of sports, and it spreads across the board from baseball players to even volleyball players, and it certainly is difficult, but, you know, these guys are dedicated to their programs. The coaching staff is top-notch throughout the entire county, not just the South Coast League, but Seaview League and Trinity League and Pacific Coast League, and these guys get it done, but for Mission Viejo, I mean, you look at – Alex Bridgeford moves on. He graduates, and the new quarterback comes in, uh, Ian Fiber, the transfer out of uh, Olu. I hope I'm enunciating his name correctly. And that's what they do. They just put a new guy in, and they step up to the challenge. And when you've got guys like Brett and Rob Johnson, the son of Coach Johnson over there in Mission V.O. with that Division One and NFL experience, that helps out <laughs> a lot, too. And another guy to keep your eye on this year for Mission V.O. is uh, senior wide receiver and safety, Max Redfield. He'll be another guy to watch as Mission Viejo tries to seek another South Coast League title.
3: What do you think the things? uh, What are some of the things they need to do to make sure they get a shot at at defending that championship? Are are there some holes there that they got to fill?
9: Well, uh, you know, they've they've always been uh, very aggressively aggressive up front on defense and and running the ball, but they've always been very prolific in the passing game, and that that just goes back to Coach Johnson. you know, he's a quarterback guru, everything he's done throughout his entire career, of course, having Brett and Rob on the staff. So uh, scoring points typically has not been a problem for the Diablos. And, uh, you know, they ran into some real tough Servite teams the uh, past couple of years. They got to the uh, Pac-5 championship in 2010. They ran the tables 13-0 and before losing that game uh, last year, got all the way into the semifinals before losing to eventual champion Santa Margarita. So, they just need to get over the hump, and a break here or there at this level against those quality teams is the difference.
3: Let's move on to uh, San Clemente. By the way, we're talking with Worm tonight, Worm Wyckoff, talking about the uh, the South Coast League doing a preview, all five teams. As he said, it's balanced from uh, top to bottom. Uh, last year, San Clemente second in the league, uh, lost to Santa Margarita in the Pac-5 championship. They've got a new head coach. Tell us a little bit about uh, Jaime Ortiz.
9: Jaime Ortiz, just a great guy. You know, he's been there uh, about 12 years, I believe, a longtime defensive coordinator, and he'll continue in that capacity, calling the defense along with his new head coach responsibilities. And I'm really happy for coach, coach Ortiz and wish him well with his new opportunity down in San Clemente. And uh, long time coming for him, just waiting his turn in line, but just a magical season they had last year down in San Clemente, 12-2. And, and as you said, they got all the way to the Pac-5 finals before they lost to Santa Margarita in the championship. And just a special group of players that included Kyle Murphy, who, of course, signed with Stanford, and the quarterback Travis Wilson heading up to Utah to play for the Utes. Christian Tober, Pasquale, Herbie Gamboa, Mike Ellis-Peru. I can go on and on. But those guys are gone, and the Tritons do lose 17 starters to graduation. So the challenge this year for Coach Ortiz is it's kind of, dare I say, a rebuilding year. It's, but they will be looking for some new pieces to the puzzle in 2012.
3: Saw a coach earlier this week when I was down there. Uh, didn't have a chance to get out this morning, but they did something special where they uh, had somebody come in and teach a little MMA, uh, teach kids about balance and how it's not always that the biggest guy can get it done. So uh, Coach Ortiz trying to uh, get some tactics in there that will uh, help his kids out that are a little bit different from football. Uh, let's go to Tesoro this year. Uh, they were a surprise last year, according to your notes here, uh, but you said they got a lot of experience that should help them this year. Uh, why is that?
9: Well, absolutely. I mean, Coach Brian Barnes, in his sixth year, he is, the, of course, the legendary son of Coach John Barnes from Los Al. And uh, Tesoro did finish third in South Coast League a year ago, going 2-2 two two in league play, 8-5 and five overall. But they were a very young team in, in 2011. Only started four seniors, if I'm not mistaken but they played extremely hard with their ground-and-pound mentality on offense, and they really surprised a lot of teams last year. They earned a, a great deal of respect, and they gained a lot of experience, particularly in the playoffs. I mean, they knocked off Edison in round one. They got past the defending champ Servite in the quarters before losing to San Clemente in the semis. So, They gained a lot of valuable experience, and Coach Barnes brings a deep and talented group returning to 2012. they got senior quarterback Matt Adam coming back, uh, the big running back Nate Tago, uh, the linebacker Blake Rogers. Headlines a very strong senior class, and I expect Tesoro to contend for the South Coast League title this year. They played Mission Viejo extremely tough in Mission Viejo last year, and let's not forget that Tesoro is the only team in the past 12 seasons or so that has been able to knock off Mission Viejo, and they've done it twice in league play, 07 and 08, and back in 08, Torsoril did go to the Pac-5 championship before losing a heartbreaker to Cal, or to Long Beach Poly. So, they have the experience now with this particular group, and I expect them to make a deep run.
3: Walking through the South Coast League tonight with uh, Worm Wyckoff uh, from Cox Threes. Game of the week, a long-time analyst down there, and uh, we're through three of the five teams in, in a league that he calls solid from top to bottom, maybe shake them up, and they all come out the same way. Tribuco Hills, head coach Scott Orliff, uh, the Mustangs, 6-4 and four last year. And, uh, again, you're, you're saying this is another program on the rise.
9: They certainly are. It's a third year for the Mustangs in the South Coast League after moving out of the Seaview League following the 2009 season. They had a, a lot of success in the Seaview League uh, and, and – got themselves into some championship games. But Scott Orloff has been building this team. They, were, they ran the ball extremely well last season, but they did lead, uh, lose their leading rusher in, in Mitchell Simonson. So that will create an opportunity for a new guy to step up and fill the void. But much like Tesoro, a fairly young group last year, and, but they do bring more experience and depth to the 2012 campaign of Senior quarterback Nathan Perry uh, will lead the Mustang offense this year. And senior linebacker JT Land, along with fellow co-captain Alex Staff at the strong safety position, will help anchor the defense.
3: And we've got one more team, and they're the new kids on the block. And and just, I'm going to digress for two seconds for the listeners here. This is how small the high school football world is. Back in 1980, Uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, Whitehall High School, a pretty big high school back then, then hometown of Matt Millen uh, of NFL fame. And uh, El Toro comes across the country in the early 80s, and I I couldn't wait to see that game. And that was probably the first time I I saw a pass. (laughs) (laughs) given the fact that Pennsylvania doesn't throw the football that much. But anyway, they're they're, the new kids on the block. Uh, Dana Hills is out. And uh, let's start things with Connor Manning there, Uh, the quarterback who uh, we heard earlier, Mark Tennis from Cal High Sports, say he's poised to break some records this year. So tell us a little bit about the Chargers.
9: Well, without question, all eyes will be on number 17 senior quarterback in the 2011 Orange County Offensive Player of the Year, Connor Manning. You know, he said – those Orange County records last year for passing yards and touchdowns. Last season he surpassed uh, Matt Barkley for the passing yard record at just over 4,200 yards, 41 touchdowns. and uh, So he brings tremendous uh, experience at the quarterback position for the Chargers. And the guy I really like is Coach Rob Frith. He enters his fourth season with the Chargers, and he's just done an absolutely Fantastic job with this program. I, I really admire his passion and respect for the game. It's genuine, it's infectious, and his players really buy into the system and they play hard for him and his staff. So, ET 26 and 11 in the past three years under Coach Frith, and it all came together last season as they went 4-0 in the CV League. Uh, they win the title and they posted a 12 and 2 mark overall. Lost a heartbreaker to Tustin in the championship game, but they did march through. They knocked off La Habra in the semifinals, which says a lot. They went on the road to beat the Highlanders, and I think they were the three time defending champions in the Southwest Division. But Connor Manning comes back, uh, big time arm. He can really spin it. He's accurate. He's mobile. He's the real deal and he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the county. And the good news is got a lot of guys coming back for those Chargers, a lot of talented guys. Jacob Finari coming back, uh, wide receiver Cody White, D.C. Dominic Collins is coming back. So I think the challenge for the Chargers is how they adjust to competing in the South Coast League. They've got the talent, they've got the staff, but it's a big jump in the Pac-5 division, and the competition will definitely be tougher in the South Coast League.
3: We're going to have Coach Frith on the show uh, live next week to learn more about the Chargers. Uh, we're going to ask you a couple of other things, but before we leave the South Coast League and, you know, you said it at the top, you know, shake all five teams up. There, There's a lot of balance here. If I had to put a, uh, you know, something to your head and say, hey, uh, tell me how this all shakes out one through five, give us your prognostication. I'm sure you got that crystal ball right next to you, Worm.
9: <laughs> I'm rubbing it as we speak. <laughs> Easy uh- there. <laughs> uh, 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 the pressure, but, you know, I I look at Tesoro and Mission Viejo, it's hard to argue against the numbers of Mission Viejo. I mean, they've advanced to the playoffs 13 consecutive years every year under Coach Johnson, so hard to rule them out. But one thing to note is only two teams will get automatic berths out of the South Coast League. Of course, there will probably be an at-large berth, but only two will qualify. So there will be a third team, a good team, that probably won't make it. Uh, but I think it will all come down. Mark your calendar. Mission Viejo at Tesoro High School on October 19th will probably, in my opinion, decide the South Coast League. With all due respect to Tribuco Hills, El Toro, and San Clemente, uh, I think the wild card in that bunch behind Tesoro and Mission is El Toro. You know, how do they step up to this challenge and playing in a new league? Tough going for Tesoro when they made the jump out of the PCL. Kind of tough for Tribuco Hills making the jump out of the this- Seaview League and the South Coast League two years ago. Both those teams went winless in their first seasons, but considering you got Connor Manning at quarterback and a lot of strong players coming back from last year's squad that had tremendous success, I think ET will be in the mix and be in the fight down the stretch in
3: 2012. Wrote it all down. It's being taped. We're going to throw it back in your face uh, later on if you're wrong. (laughs) Just teasing you, Worm. Hey, uh, one last uh, thing before we go here. Again, we mentioned it at the top. You have been part of the team there at uh, Cox 3 Sports, the game of the week. Uh, I know the schedule can change, change from week to week. You've got a tentative schedule there. What are some of the games down south there you're looking forward to this year?
9: Quite honestly, we're still waiting final confirmation on our on our schedule. So, without saying any particular matchups, I can tell you for sure that I'm really looking forward to some South Coast League's mat- matchups. Uh, as well as the Seaview League. But I want to get out and, of course, see El Toro, what they have to bring. Um, of course, San Clemente, see how they respond with Jaime Ortiz, uh, Coach Barnes, and Tesoro. So I think I will have an opportunity to be on the sidelines of a handful of South Coast League games. Very excited about that. Santa Margarita, of course, what they've done last year. I want to go out and see Harry Welch. I think we'll be fortunate enough to, to get a, hopefully, get a Trinity League, Trinity League game with the Eagles. And we've got some good talent in the CV League as well uh, with uh, Lisa Niguel and Woodbridge and all the Irvine schools in the Pacific Coast League. So I'm giving you a bunch, but you know, if you want to learn more, you go to Cox3.com and you can check out our schedule on the Game of the Week link. And uh, hopefully we'll have some more information coming up soon about our exact schedule.
3: Gave us great information on the uh, South Coast League Worm. Really appreciate it. We look forward to working with you throughout the season this year. And wherever you are, you're going to be talking about those games here on uh, High School Football America SoCal. So thanks a lot. Go to bed, and we'll talk to you next week. You got it, Jeff. Take care. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Coming back with more. Our inaugural show, High School Football America SoCal. More from Harry Welch. Take a look at some news from around the nation. This is AM 570, Fox Sports LA. High School Football America SoCal, show number one. Hope you're enjoying it. Building up uh, show number two already for uh, next Saturday. Again, we're on uh, every Saturday between now and October 5th from 10 to midnight follow us on twitter tweet us up ask us questions let us know about your team out there our handle hsfb america like us on facebook growing that day in and day out the website we're getting it ready yes it's being redesigned and it will be launched prior to the uh, start of the season of course uh Week zero coming up on the 24th. We're going to try and get things up and ready for you by that time. I'm Jeff Fisher, and uh, just really want to hear from everybody out there. If you like this, if you've got some comments, hey, we've got big shoulders. We want to make this all about uh, Southern California football, give you the the fans, the coaches, and the players exactly what you want. Uh, And then on October 5th, we will move to Friday nights, and that's really going to be exciting as we uh, we kind of capture the energy of what goes on Fridays uh, throughout the area. We'll have all the, the, the top games. We'll have reports from those games. We'll have player and coach interviews. I think it's going to be quite interesting. We've uh, done this back in the uh, the Philadelphia market with a lot of great success. The fans love it. I mean, imagine that. You you watch your favorite team play. You hop in the car. You turn the engine on, and then you hit the uh, the old dial there. And AM 570 Fox Sports LA is the place to be on a Friday night then to uh, to hear all of what went on throughout the area. If you want to find out, to, you got a big game next week, how did your team do? Uh, that's the way you do it. And then we uh, we funnel it all to the website at highschoolfootballamerica.com. We've had a lot of great guests tonight and appreciate all of them that have come on the show. I uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the national rankings that we've touched upon. And, uh, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm not quite sure how many ranking services are out there. There's there's quite a few. It all began with USA today. Uh, back in the early 80s. And I, I still think that uh, most people really look at USA Today as the uh, the authority when it comes to crowning the mythical national champs, if you will. Uh, three California teams in the preseason Super 25, starting with number two Santa Margarita that we've talked about uh, several times throughout the uh, the course of the show tonight on the two hours of the show. And we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, Harry Welch, we're going to talk to him uh, coming up after the next break uh, in about eight minutes about his uh, star quarterback, Johnny Stanton, who uh, has verbaled to Nebraska. It really came on last year, so uh, we're going to talk to Harry about uh, that coming up here a little bit. Uh, De La Salle ranked number four according to USA Today and uh, Vista Murrieta number 22. And you heard Eric Sondheimer of the L.A. Times and Mark Tennis talk uh, Uh, Of Cal High uh, Sports, talk about Vista Murrieta and some of the things that can happen this year. Uh, The rivals has Santa Margarita number one, De La Salle number thirteen, Vista Murrieta number fifteen, Servite forty-five, Centennial Corona number sixty-three. Again, there's no exact science to this, and uh, we are going to have some fun. We're going to come out uh, with our own. uh, Uh, Southern California top 25 poll. We're probably going to break it up uh, top 15 big schools and then maybe the top 10 small schools just to make it fun because, again, we're trying to get everybody involved here. It's it's not just going to be about the top teams, and I know we've spent the first show talking about, you know, the Trinity League and and the South Coast League, but, again, we're going to Throw this out and, and next week we're going to go inland and we're going uh, we're also going to go to Oaks Christian next week and Notre Dame talk about their big trip to Ireland so we're going to keep uh, keep this thing flowing here over the next three weeks to try and give give you as much information as we can to get you ready for the uh, two thousand and twelve high school football season uh, checking a little bit of news from around the nation aside from the national rankings we were talking about and this one we're going to kind of build upon next week and get uh, some people to come in and talk about it. Uh, but it's the safety issue, and you heard Chuck Peterson, the head coach at RN Lutheran, talk about this earlier. They're wearing the Guardian uh, caps for practice, and these are these uh, uh, kind of a, uh, a beanie, if you will. I don't know if everybody knows what a beanie is, but like a knit cap, but it, 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 you put it on over the helmet and you play with them in practice, and it's uh, designed to cut down on concussions. And uh, more and more teams around the country are using them. We're going to try and get a... Um, a, a spokesperson from guardian caps on the show in the next couple of weeks to talk about this and how it really brings it down but uh... you know that's one aspect of safety i mean the concussion spotlight has never been shining brighter and, and to be honest it's going to get even brighter and brighter with the uh, the lawsuits being brought by former nfl players against the nfl and the helmet makers so we want to try and you know shine light on that we want to hear what the coaches are thinking how they're changing things around to try and make those practices a little bit safer I, I do a, a national radio show on artistfirst.com, and in that show I had CNN Sanjay Gupta on. And uh, one of the things that Sanjay Gupta talked about in, in that interview, and, and you can go to artistfirst.com and you can see all of our shows there, and I'll also tweet that out later on tonight on how you can listen to these shows. But what Dr. Gupta said, and, and he did a documentary called uh, Big Hits, Broken Dreams on CNN, he said really – these a majority of the concussions are coming in practice. An average of 650 hits uh, per year is what a, the average uh, high school football player receives, and he said that's that's really where it's happening. So uh, uh, when when a, a product like Guardian Caps comes out, again, I'm not endorsing that. I'm just saying they're trying to address this. It'll be interesting to see if there is a decrease. In concussions. Now, on the heat related side, and you heard Eric Sondheimer of uh, the LA Times talk about this earlier, you know, thank goodness we have not had uh, any incidents with uh, heat related problems here in Southern California of a serious nature. There uh, was a young man in uh, Illinois who lost his life during the first day of practice back on Wednesday, and our thoughts and prayers go out to. Uh, his family, but uh, here it's been very, very warm. As I said earlier, you know, tr- checking out some of the the South Orange County teams uh, earlier this week, standing out there in the field, my feet were burning. I mean, that's that's how hot it is. But uh, there are some states that are taking some measures, and I think these measures are going to eventually spread to all fifty states. And I'll talk about the the first state that really did something about it, which is uh, Georgia. And I really applaud them. And and it'll be interesting to see if other states uh, out this way, uh, including California, adapt it. But it's, you know, you can't have those two-a-days on back-to-back days anymore. And there's no such thing as as three-a-days. And I do know some programs back back in Pennsylvania that employed the three-a-days and all that. So Georgia kind of out at the forefront of trying to figure out the safety measures uh, when it comes to heat-related things because, uh, over the last decade, Georgia was uh, probably the leader. I, I think they were the leader, unfortunately, in a category you don't want to be a leader in, and that was in heat-related deaths for high school football players. So Georgia kind of out at the front of that and uh, applaud that and hope really more states around the country take the time to um, to, to change their rules. Again, I, I think coaches are being being more and more adaptive to the situations, whether it's concussions or heat, and that's a, that's a good thing. Going to take our uh, final break here as we come down the home stretch on high school school football america socal on am 570 fox sports la when we come back a little bit more from coach harry welch of the santa margarita eagles can the eagles bring home the first national championship since 1996 to the southern california area that's when modern day did it this is high school football america socal on am 570 fox sports la Man, does time fly when you're having fun, and I am definitely having fun. I hope you are, too. The first of many broadcasts here on AM 570 Fox Sports LA talking about high school football and basketball. We're going football right through the championships, turning it over to basketball after the championships. We'll be here uh, with you right on through the state basketball championships at the uh, end of March. Want to uh, thank all of our guests uh, on the show tonight. We'll uh, name them at the end. But uh, we're building up the show for next week. If you've got some stories out there, please feel free. If you're a coach, a fan, a player, please feel free to tweet us on the Twitter at uh, HSFB America. Like us on Facebook. You can email me at Jeff at School dot com. You can also. Email my executive producer. That's Trish at HighSchoolFootballAmerica dot com. And uh, just in a, a couple of weeks here, the website will be uh, relaunched and, and looking great with a great Southern California bend to it. Uh, that's HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. dot uh, com. Going to wrap the show up tonight with uh, the continuation of the interview that uh, we started earlier tonight with Harry Welch, the head coach at Santa Margarita, the only coach in California to win three state championships at three different schools. Uh, Santa Margarita, the Division I Bowl championship team from a year ago. They are ranked as high as number one by rivals, number two by USA Today, and number four by Max Preps. Uh, A lot of that uh, due to the fact that they've got 15 returning starters, and it all starts with their trigger man, senior quarterback Johnny Stanton, 6'2", 221 pounds, Uh, described as a mass of muscle and excitement. I had a chance to watch him on the practice field on day one of uh, two-a-days. He accounted for 3,867 yards and 34 touchdowns last year. Uh, Coach Harry Welch saying that uh, he's the best he's he's really ever seen and coached, and he thinks that uh, there's a lot of things that Johnny's going to do this year to uh, help the Eagles live up to that uh, national ranking that they have here in a lot of these polls. And I, uh, I asked Coach Welsh uh, during the practice the other day, what makes Johnny so special? Well, he's one of
5: the finest ever, first of all, because he's an exceptionally fine human being. Um, he really cares about others. He's an outstanding student. He's an A-plus student and in a rigorous, academic, challenging uh, classroom. Day after day, he's wonderful there. He, his family's awesome. He supports his sister, who's also a great athlete and good student. Um, He plays basketball, uh, varsity basketball. I think he's a freshman. He surprised people just in the middle of a freshman game. He uh, dunked the ball. You see a big young freshman dunking the ball. (laughs) It stands out a little bit. Yeah. Um, But Johnny is uh, uh, very, very strong. He's intelligent. Uh, tough kid. He's a sophomore. He was an All-State sophomore uh, defensive back for us. Um, last year, we had some injuries at our wide receiver position, so I'll, I asked him to put the team on his back and do what we could in the playoffs, and he responded uh, by not only throwing well to our limited receivers at the time, but ran very, very well. So he's mature. He's got a great frame. He's got a brilliant mind. He's a moral inspiration young inspirational young man and any coach in america would love having him um i love having him i feel i'd have no one else uh, over him but i know there are many many wonderful quarterbacks in america i'm just thrilled and honored to have him
3: yeah it always helps to have a young man like johnny stanton pulling the trigger for you and again uh, a lot of the reason why uh, the prognosticators are saying that Santa Margarita not only is uh, the top team in the state of California, but uh, possibly uh, going to have a shot at winning a uh, mythical national championship. Of course, there's no such thing. But uh, again, if you uh, if you come out of California, out of the southern section, and and get a shot at some of these top teams uh, throughout the state, you 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 have a real good uh, real good uh, shot at making it to uh, the top of that uh, national championship podium. The uh, the only two Southern California teams to ever win the coveted USA Today Super 25 mythical national championship. Same school, modern day. Uh, they did it back in 1994 and 1996. Of course, we know De La Salle has uh, won it multiple times, especially during that long 151-game win streak. But uh, anyway, the, the the long and the short of it is it doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter until they step on the field and start hitting in anger. And uh, as you heard uh, earlier tonight on the show, Coach Harry Welch said, you know, we, we don't start anything as far as looking toward that. We're just looking at game one, which is that uh, big game in Arizona against Brophy Prep. And uh, that will uh, go a long way to determining uh, how this team is going to get itself ready for the Trinity League. And you've got uh, four tough games there that you got to get through. So uh, it is going to be a tough haul. Want to uh, thank all of our guests on tonight's show and uh, tell you a little bit about what we have coming up next week. Uh, but let's first start with uh, the people we want to thank that have been on the show tonight. And and you know on a Saturday night, uh, especially this week being two a days week, where you know coaches are working. You know, Harry Welch gets there at at 630, he told me, and then he gets home at nine. And he still works two or three more hours. I mean, these coaches are putting in some hours. So to have people like uh, Chuck Peterson of Orange Lutheran step uh, stop by, Mike Machete of La Mirada stop by, it means a lot to me personally to have them come on the show. And we're uh, looking to get more and more coaches on over the next couple of weeks as we really kind of settle in here in in los angeles it's been a big move for uh myself and the executive producer trish hoffman to come here and, and start this show uh, just yesterday we moved into our new place in laguna beach and i i, I guess i have to not guess i i want to send out some shout outs to my two real estate agents who who made our life a little bit easier where we actually got a night's sleep we spent two and a half weeks in a hotel uh, cam hamill at team laguna uh getting it done and, and kathy crost also uh uh, helping us get into our new place. We're really enjoying fitting in, and over the next couple of weeks, we want to um, make sure that we can stop out and see as many coaches and programs as is humanly possible. We are not going to be uh, a radio show that sits here at a microphone every Saturday and Friday night when we switch to Friday nights. We will be out at your practices. We will be out at your games. We're going to be doing lots of video, telling lots of wonderful stories. A couple of weeks, we're going to announce our first major sponsor, Uh Uh, here's, here's a little sneak peek. Yeah, they're great. If anybody can figure that out, tweet it at me. Maybe I should have pulled out the grade a little bit longer, but uh, maybe that gives it away. But uh, a lot of people coming on board here. We want to uh, thank Eric Sondheimer from the L.A. Times. Eric, uh, what a job he has done over the past couple of decades covering prep sports here in the Los Angeles area. And Eric will be along throughout the season to keep us up to date. I encourage you to uh, follow him on Twitter for all the great work he does. We want to thank Mark Tennis of Cal High Sports. I've spent a lot of time in that record book and seeing what Cal High Sports has done to kind of keep everything in one focused area. And and Mark and and his family have done a wonderful job with that. Les Lukacs, he gave us a great, great look inside the Trinity League. And then there was a Worm, yes, Worm Wyckoff, uh, going through the uh, South Coast League there and and talking about uh, uh, El Toro, Mission Viejo. And uh, speaking of El Toro, next week on the show, we're going to have Rob Frith, the head coach there uh, talking about Connor Manning and and the rest of the things that have to happen as they make the switch to the uh, South Coast League. There, we're also uh, right now we've confirmed that uh, Jeff Steinberg from Santiago will be on. We'll have uh, Paul Knox from Dorsey High School on. And we've gotten really over the last several years get a lot closer to the Dorsey program and some of the great things they've done over there uh, under some tough conditions. We'll also be talking about the uh, the battle for veterans, which is a an interesting. Um, two days of football. It it began up in Sacramento. It was called Battle for the Capitol. and now uh, Mark Soto of Battle for Veterans is going to come on the show next week to talk exact uh, talk exactly about what's going to happen this year, where they're going to have some games up in the uh, the uh, the northern part of the state, and then they're going to come down here and and, and play in the southern part of the state at uh, at Westlake High School and. Uh, Mark Soto will join us next week to talk about that. Now, again, if if you want to kind of get your your program publicized, I am not opposed to having you reach out to me and uh, do so. Please uh, hit us up on the Twitter at HSFB America. Facebook, like us. You can email me at jeff at highschoolfootballamerica.com. And uh, once the website's up, you can contact us there. I think I made a I fibbed a little bit. We're going to take one more break here (laughs) before we say goodnight going to take a break we're coming back with more high school football america socal on am 570 fox sports la jeff fisher set to wrap up the inaugural edition of high school football america socal on am 570 fox sports la almost had a perfect show reason i had a break there i couldn't find what i wanted to talk about that's why i was struggling there a little bit gotta be honest with everybody out there Wanted to talk a little bit about the battle for veterans, which will really uh, get things kicked off uh, next uh, on the 24th, I should say, 24th and 25th. A couple of really great games up north, Oaks Christian taking on Del Oro. You heard Mark Tennis talk about that one. And then on the uh, 25th Saturday, Westlake taking on Granite Bay again. This is battle for veterans, and uh, it's uh, all about raising money for uh Wounded veterans, it's a great cause. Uh, Mark Soto will stop by. He's the executive director of Battle for Veterans. And then uh, down here in our area at Westlake on the uh, weekend of August 31st and September 1st, we've got four really great games at Westlake High School under the Battle for Veterans uh, moniker um, on the uh, 31st. Uh, Listen to some of these matchups. Oceanside uh, out of San Diego taking on Oakdale, uh, followed by Del Oro versus Westlake. So on back-to-back weekends, Oaks Christian taking on Del Oro, and then uh, uh, Westlake. So uh, that'll that'll show how good that team can be up north there. Uh, On September the 1st, uh, a doubleheader, Upland taking on Windsor. And then on September the 1st as well, after the Upland-Windsor game, it will be Oaks Christian versus Granite Bay. And uh, battleforveterans.org De- Battle is where you would go to learn more and, and buy tickets uh, for that event. But, again, we're going to have Mark Soto, the executive director, the founder of this organization, on the show next week to talk about it. Again, thanks to all of the uh, people on the show tonight. We want to thank uh, Trish Hoffman, the executive director, for making sure this ran smoothly and got everybody on the phones very quickly for us. Uh, Trish does a wonderful job. And uh, We're going to go celebrate with a glass of wine tonight, the first show here, uh, High School Football America, SoCal on uh, AM 570, Fox Sports LA. Also want to thank the guy pushing the buttons and making it all happen, Adam Osland, who is being uh, just so gracious to walk me through this very first uh, show. Whenever I uh, have a little hiccup there, he's in my ear making sure that everything runs smoothly. So uh, thank you, Adam. We also plied him with a little bit of Morton's uh, cheesesteak tonight. And and since Trish and I... uh, Went to uh, to to came from Chicago. We had to go to Morton's because Morton's is uh, from Chicago, so that was a great meal uh, tonight. So again, thanks to everyone. It's been a lot of fun. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday at ten o'clock. Again, we'll be here on Saturdays until October fifth when we move to Friday nights at ten o'clock. It's been a lot of fun. Please feel free to uh, tweet me. And let me know what else you'd like to hear on the show at HSFB America. Like us on Facebook. The website, which we redesign and relaunch in a couple of weeks, is highschoolfootballamerica.com. Everybody, have just a great week. We will talk to you next week on High School Football America SoCal. Keep it here every Saturday night because we're going to have everything you need to enjoy this season just a little bit more. This is AM 570, Fox Sports LA. Talk to you next week on High School Football America SoCal.